Hello and welcome to another episode of the Project Purple Podcast. I'm Dino Varelli, founder and CEO of Project Purple. Today we're back in the podcast studio. I guess we can say that. We're not technically in the the, the official studio, but we're in the, the home studio, I guess we could say. And on the phone with me, coming all the way from the Hamptons, a voice that you know, a person that hopefully some of you have met in person, our program director for our push-pull program, Vincent Camp. Vin, thanks for joining us on the Project Purple podcast. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on again, and it's uh, great to talk with everybody. Well, thanks for carving up some time. I know we've been super busy here at uh, Project Purple navigating through COVID-19, which uh, we're recording this uh, first week of July. So this will go out pretty quickly. But what we wanted to do today is we wanted to talk a little bit about our push-pull program. Then a little bit later in the conversation, we're going to talk about our walk program. Vin is now overseeing our walk program as well. Um, But a lot has changed. Um, I mean, a lot has changed, but Vin, it seems like we've been in this for quite some time uh, with what the new reality is of COVID-19 and being able to socially gather and in particular work out. Um, so we wanted to kind of jump on a podcast and share with our audience some things that are happening, ways they can help and just talk about the overall situation. So with that, let's start with this, Vin. I mean, COVID-19 pretty much shut all of our fitness centers that we work with because we we do a lot with a, a lot of fitness groups orange theory barry's boot camp a lot within the crossfit community but pretty much uh i think it was right around the middle of march everything was kind of shut down and that was kind of mandated by the federal shutdown yeah everything um we started off the year great a lot of interest in gyms getting on board and ready to host workouts and you know that march time frame hit and like you said unfortunately we had to cancel uh everything for safety you know and and safety precautions um so it's been an up and down road trying to navigate through that as time has passed in terms of certain states are opening certain gyms are comfortable opening some aren't um some states allow it now some states have stricter regulations so it's been on the gym side, it's been sticky waters, I guess, to say to you know figuring out how we can manage this in the gym setting. But with that being said, I think it's also opened uh, us to a lot of new opportunities where we've had virtual guest trainers come on um, from various gyms throughout the country. Um, some well-known CrossFit athletes have gotten on and volunteered their time to host workouts you know, free of charge, donation optional, and, you know, just bring us through a workout, keep everybody active during this time. I think that's something huge during this time as whether the numbers are going up or down or wherever they're going in your various states. I think the biggest thing we can get away is staying active and keeping our sanity is pretty important. And I think being able to do that and having ways to do that having these virtual trainers come on to be able to do a Zoom workout allows for that. And at the same time, is helping us raise awareness for what our mission is, which has not changed since the beginning. And it's still funding and finding a cure for pancreatic cancer. Absolutely. Absolutely. And for the listeners at home, and, and you know, I don't know how many of our listeners have actually partaken in any of this. And, and I think there's... It, 
this would be a good time to maybe define this because I think there is a difference. I mean, there's a lot of virtual stuff happening, right? And so there's these virtual walks and we have a big running community and, and there's been a couple of events. We just launched our own virtual run today. Um, we've been involved in a couple of other virtual runs over the couple of years uh, with the Hogwarts and the Potterhead running company. And then, you know, recently, just a couple months back, we did the Corona Busters, which was a third party event that we did not produce, but now we are producing our own virtual run slash walk. But for the fitness community, because the virtual walk and runs is kind of like, hey, you go outside your door, you go in your yard, wherever you feel comfortable running safety wise and in your own kind of area where you typically run and you just go and you do it at any time. The virtual workout's a little bit different, right, Vin? Because uh, I, I would think most of our listeners know what Zoom is at this point or Google Hangout. I know we've really utilized the Zoom platform, but you sign up for a scheduled time and then you're emailed a link, private link, and then you're in a class from the confines of your home with the rest of the people that signed up along with a trainer who's doing the same thing from their home, which I think is really cool and it's really unique. Yeah, I, I agree on that. You know, it is, it gave us a unique opportunity to reach more people who don't necessarily maybe want to go to a gym and i mean when we talk about these workouts in another sense it's they're various workouts they're yoga they're stretching there's some meditation in some of them they're high intensity they're you know strict weights and doing like bodybuilding type stuff so there's a wide variety of workouts that are available and like you said it is different from being in a gym it's you know, I did one the other day and it was in my basement. You know, my parents were upstairs. I was down in the basement, you know, hosting or taking a workout hosted by someone in California, you know, experiencing what, you know, that person had to offer was good to see. And it was different and it keeps it fun, keeps it interesting and keeping you engaged in what's going on in personal health. Yeah. And I think the one thing that's been really, I mean, there's a ton of content that I think is being generated, you know, online, which is interesting because before all this, you had to go to a gym, you had to go to a studio in order to work out. And one thing that this has shown that you don't, you can actually stay in your confines of your house or your condo or wherever you reside and you can still do yoga you can do hit class you could do crossfit you name it you probably can find it now online anywhere anywhere yeah, it's all over. And, and i think the fascinating thing too is i mean i guess there were some companies that did have these platforms established before i know beach body was pretty big into the online streaming there was obey fitness which is another one that i know some of our runners and, and we've worked with them in the past but it's fascinating how quickly the rest of the fitness community kind of got their stuff together and started streaming you know these workouts and, and if the people get it you know, in terms of, and I say people, i.e. the trainers who are looking to build and to create content, uh, this could be tremendously successful for them because so many eyes are glued to the computer versus going to the gyms clearly during this time. Yeah, huge. And, 
like we say, some people might not like uh, Orange Theory or like a CrossFit gym, but they might like a trainer that doesn't live in their state. Like this, I mean, like you said, this opens that window. Like I said, you know, I trained with uh, Randy. Uh, you know, Randy, um, yeah. a couple weeks or last week or two weeks, a week and a half ago, he's in California. But I was able to take a workout with somebody in California and get that experience. So like you said, it is opening the doors for a lot of new avenues of trainers to get involved in this community and increase what they're doing and show, show the world what they're doing you know, to say. Absolutely. And I know just what, not to name drop, but let's, let's do mention some of the names. And I think one of them that, uh, just popped up in my Twitter feed this morning is Margo Alvarez, who is a long time professional CrossFit athlete who that name may ring a bell now with the general public a little bit more that watch the Titan games because she is continuing every week to advance in the Titan games. But she was just one of the the many kind of, I guess we, we can call them, I, I wouldn't say household names, but maybe high caliber or high mm-hmm. network trainers that jumped on and, and, you know, put on a class for a great cause for us and uh, help really kind of expand our network. Yeah, absolutely. She would, she would probably be the most well-known. I think uh, she's been on one of our podcasts before you know, owns her wine company, you know, very entrepreneurial and very, she, she was just amazing when she was on our podcast. And when I reached out to her, she didn't even hesitate. She was like, yeah, I'll do it. You know, when do you need me? I can do this time. It was short, quick. I think her workout was one of the shorter ones, but it, left people hurting <laughs> um, like and like it was a workout and now it's pretty cool to see her like you said on the Titan games and like yeah, you know, we worked out with her she was there it's, it's pretty interesting um, you know and I think that opens the door for a lot of other people you know to get involved from a trainer level I know we've talked about this you know that you know there are people trainers and just general public that have been affected by this disease that we just don't know yet and they might not want to talk about it yet and having somebody like that, you know, that's out there, people follow her, it helps us to continue to raise awareness on a broad reach. And hopefully, you know, somebody out there, not, I don't hope they were affected, but hopefully somebody that has been affected, you know, reaches out and we can support them, whether it's with our financial aid program or whether it's them coming on and hosting a workout for somebody they lost or somebody that they know is battling. So, you know, hopefully that continues to happen and we can just continue to build that awareness that we're ultimately trying to build, which has been difficult during this time of everything being closed. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I do want to, and, and you know, traditionally this program, the push pull program was launched in the CrossFit community. I was a member of a local CrossFit here in Connecticut by my house. They were the, one of the first three, gyms or CrossFits uh, are called boxes to jump on and, and run the workout. And then we quickly expanded within the CrossFit community. And then our further expansion into other fitness avenues, uh, you know, came years after that initial running of the push pull program back six years ago. But let's, you know, there's this elephant in the room, I guess we would say with what's happening with CrossFit. And, and I know we want to, we want to talk about it a bit here, not spend a lot of time, but there have been some drastic changes and drastic issues, I guess, within the CrossFit HQ um, that we, along with not just us, but with the public were made aware of. Um, 
for those who don't follow CrossFit uh, regularly, the CEO made some very disparaging remarks uh, about uh, a lot, I guess. And then, uh, you know, with, with what's going on here in this current situation, and none of which, you know, Project Purple and, and, and probably a lot of the CrossFit community didn't stand for. Um, and that was comments about uh, the COVID situation currently and from uh, the George Floyd incident in Minneapolis. And uh, there were also comments from uh, a sexist standpoint. And so there was this big push in the CrossFit community to deaffiliate. So then for those at home that don't know what that means, since you come from the CrossFit community and, and ran a and ran a facility, what does that entail? Yeah, so CrossFit's a little different because it's not a franchise. Uh, so you pay an affiliation fee yearly to use the name. So it could, you know, if I pay my yearly fee, I can be CrossFit XYZ, um, and it's just using that name, which had become very popular. You know, over the course of you know the past five six years however long it's been it was a quick rise to the popularity of the name um and that's really all it is there's no like restrictions or guidance in terms of how you run your facility so that's the big difference between that and like a franchise um like an orange so, theory right like because like orange, orange theory, theory is franchised right. yeah, but crossfit I, is not Right. And like the F45s and they get their workouts from corporate and they all pretty much do a very similar workout. Whereas depending on the owner, you run your gym how you want. You program the workouts how you believe the program should be trained, like the training should be programmed. So it's very unique, which is good in a sense, you know, because it lets the trainers and the gyms have their own sense of um, individuality. Um, but in that same breath, that's really the only thing being affiliated men. Um, there wasn't anything that they were getting from a higher position or any benefit marketing, anything like that. Um, so when all of these gyms started to deaffiliate, uh, I think it just opened their eyes to being like, we don't necessarily need that name because it's deeper than what that is. It's all about community. And that's one of the biggest things I saw out of this and take away from that was like the unity that, you know, these communities were built in you know, your gym that you started in. That was a community built within that gym specifically. I wouldn't necessarily say it was CrossFit. Yeah. Right. It just had the CrossFit name on it. But that gym built that community and that following. And that's what that community is about that's what that gym was about that's why it kept going that's why it's still running today uh, and i think like that's the biggest thing i think is every gym had their own identity and they don't necessarily didn't necessarily think they needed the name attached with it when they de-affiliated to continue what they were doing because they were building that community and by de-affiliating, so our audience is aware with some of the terminology here, what they enhance, well, what they're doing in essence is they are no longer paying a fee. They may, and, and I know from talking to some of the owners that I knew, some of them had paid the fee already. It's an annual fee, yeah. but they had made the decision like, hey, that money we're not going to get back, but we do not 
want to call ourselves or be affiliated with the CrossFit brand because of the remarks and because of the, I guess there were remarks in the culture that kind of existed according to various former employees due to the former uh, founder and CEO, the culture he had created. So by de-affiliating, you're no longer allowed to use the term CrossFit in any of your marketing or within your community and whatever you do, but then you're also not paying a fee to CrossFit. And that was a a pretty substantial revenue source. I think you and I were crunching the numbers and, you know, there, there's no real, uh, public paper out there that says, well, the affiliate fee is let's say $3,000. I think we, we kind of were talking to a lot of people and some people were paying two, some people were paying three, but when you do the math CrossFit had, I think at the time before all of this happened close to 15,000 gyms worldwide. So even if we split that in half, you know, the 2,500, let's say, you know, that's a 37 Point five million dollars just on affiliate fees a year. Just in affiliate fees, yeah, yep, of using the name, and they pretty much, like you said, yeah, I think you hit that nail on the head with like what it meant to be affiliate. Yeah, so they they're still the same gym, it's just a different name where yeah. they just aren't using that name. So I know a lot of them have just changed to whatever XYZ Athletics or something community fitness. fitness. Or something along those. Community I, fitness. Yeah, yeah, which I thought was kind of the probably the most genius one, which because you know CrossFit was always abbreviated CF, and yeah. if you had CF Seymour, which was you know the town is the mm-hmm. town that we're in for our office, if you were CrossFit Seymour, you could simply just say you're now Community Fitness Seymour, yeah. which is so in line and and I think brilliant. I think I saw. Uh, was it Ben Bergeron, who is one of these, you know, old school, he's one of the the larger well-known coaches in the CrossFit community, coaches a lot of professional CrossFit athletes. And I saw when he changed his brand from CrossFit New England to Community Fitness New England, nothing really changed. I think he made a slight alteration on his logo, but kind of the acronym stayed the same, which I thought was really yeah. cool. Yeah. And it just keeps everything, keeps it kept everything fluid you know it just again just didn't have the name attached to it yeah and then in in full disclosure to our audience there have been some announced changes i think it's still kind of premature to see what will happen there has been if you follow crossfit then you know but if you don't we're going to share that with you so there has been a reported sale of the company to uh, a new owner um, who will be the new ceo but i think it's still very premature to see what changes you know in terms of the culture um, in terms of the organization there are promises i guess i did see a comment from the new CEO that he's excited, um, you know, for, you know, to bring back what he knew of CrossFit as the culture, what it meant for us, what Vin said, you know, the community and, you know, everyone in the community striving to live a healthy lifestyle by working out and, you know, having that mental and physical balance. And, And that's what, for me, really attracted me to the CrossFit community when I started in the CrossFit community, you know, six years ago, because that's what it was about. It was about that community. It was about living a healthy lifestyle, both physically and mentally, you know, diet and exercise and everything that I always believed in. So I do hope for our friends at the, you know, that have a affiliation or that have even de-affiliated if that's the choice they made, 
that everyone has great success and we can move on from this, you know, episode. And, you know, the good news for folks listening that haven't participated in push pull, you know, we had no affiliation with CrossFit. Uh, we weren't an, an affiliate. Uh, we just worked within the program. So we're still here to support those gyms, whether you're a part of CrossFit and whether you're not, we're still here to help. And I think Vin, as we have said, cancer doesn't discriminate, right? Like and, right. And cancer has not stopped. Um, that's one thing that's yeah. certainly for sure with COVID as these gyms have closed, uh, cancer has not stopped. And, and we've seen kind of a, a surge in cases just because people weren't going to the doctor or, you know, facilities were closed due to COVID for a short time because of the the risk and the concern of patients coming in getting covid right and i think you yeah, get we started in CrossFit because that's where we were you know that's those are the gyms we went to but i think the evolution of the push-pull program is that it can really be done in any gym and you know we had a big following in crossfit in crossfit gyms but it doesn't stop what we're doing like you said it's still you know that support is still needed and i, I was talking to a gym owner uh, the other day and we were just talking about he's never been affected and then I was like if you just talk to some people in your gym or say that you're potentially doing this someone's going to be affected you know so we're still here to raise support and raise awareness and gyms I think around the country still want to help and I've noticed that and we've seen that with them doing all these other fundraisers and other events for different various causes during this time um, so any gym can get involved with this. Like that's like the biggest takeaway I would, you know, like people to know, you know, regardless of the gym you go to, we can still work a program into that and we would love to support and support the gym and help them get them back on their feet. Absolutely. And I, I think the other thing, you know, to mention here, if there's a gym owner listening, regardless of what type of gym you have, if you are doing virtual classes, we can accommodate that. And if you are doing in-person as the country begins to open up and every state is different in terms of what those restrictions are and how that looks. So uh, we can naturally facilitate the workout in a, in a live in-person situation or on a virtual setting. We've had success. I mean, now that the last couple of months we we've had great success with a couple of instances of doing the push pull workout, either modifying it naturally because of the current situation. Um, because you can't necessarily have people in their house if it's done virtually with barbells and deadlifts or like a rack doing, doing pull-ups, um, which is part of the, the program workout but we can work with that. And, and that's the right. great thing about this, that it's so fluid and, and so flexible that regardless of where you do the workout, it can still be done to tremendous success. And the impact is still the same. Yeah. Um, if not more, you know, and I, I know a lot of the, you know, gym or virtual ones that we've done. Um, I always talk at the beginning and the end and the most recent one, Emma, who trains out of the city, you know, she got on, I think there were 60 something people on there. And, you know, we were talking at the end as a group and, you know, we've talked about it internally. I think we had a podcast with uh, a patient that couldn't have his family members or loved ones go to his appointments with them or treatments. Yeah, That's a huge sense of feeling alone. And when we do these workouts and we can relay that 65 people across the country got on to work out for you or for helping you and supporting you, 
it goes a long way. So that's a big takeaway, you know, from these virtuals that we've done is that, yeah, we are, we're not there taking big group pictures like we usually do, but we share these videos, we share these pictures and patients are seeing it and it raises their spirits to know that people are out there fighting for them. And the other point that I really want to make quick is if you're a gym that is doing the virtual workouts and classes right now, I've had the question come up that, oh, is this a different, like, do I have to schedule a different workout? And the answer is no. If you have a schedule right now and you have a 3.30 class on Wednesday that you want to do or could just throw in, this is a benefit workout, the normal class for Project Purple and raising awareness for pancreatic cancer, I can set up a page and it can just be a donation-based page for that class. Like, it doesn't, you don't have to recreate the wheel of your schedule. It just, can whatever schedule you have or that class is, Let's pick one of those classes and just make it a benefit workout. I agree, man. It's great stuff. So we're going to shift gears here a bit because as I mentioned in the opening, Vin now is working with our walk run program. We've got a couple events coming up. Um, now I will preface this by saying things are very fluid. Still uh, our in-person events, which we have planned for the fall are still good to go, but that might change depending on what is happening. Uh, but we just launched a virtual program and we're going to talk about that. So first let's talk about our in-person. We've got our Connecticut walk coming up in September. As of today, we are a go. Uh, we are here in Connecticut. So if you live in the Connecticut or Westchester area, we will have our Norwalk event this September. And as far as we stand right now, that is a go. Um, we haven't heard anything different uh, just because of, uh, you know, things here in Connecticut are looking very good in terms of COVID. We hope to, I think, get into, I think it's level three, but... Uh, in a week, I believe. So our event is happening. Traditionally, we've done our Connecticut event at Calf Pasture Beach. So uh, that is still going to happen. It's September 19th uh, at Calf Pasture Beach. The one difference though this year is instead of it being a 5k, it's a walk. Yeah. And that's um, right around that Calf Pasture Beach. It's nice scenic. It's, it's a beautiful walk. Oh, it's gorgeous. Uh, that's a go. Yeah, um, I know past couple years we had some iffy like rain, but it's still, you know, when you're on the water out there, it's just beautiful. And I think it's going to be a really good event. I know it's changed, obviously, with everything from May um, to a different time of year. I think it just allows for us, obviously, to be safe and to put it on the right way with no one having to worry. Um, and, you know, if stuff happens and changes during then. I think we, we have and we've talked about we have those precautions put in place, you know, to change it if we need to. Um, so that is open and registration is live. If anyone has any questions on that, uh, you can reach out and, you know, get you signed up and get you registered. Um, it's going to be a fun day. Uh, we have a lot of, you know, fun things hopefully planned for that day. So it should be pretty fun. And the event starts at 1030. So it's a little bit later start. Uh, we're going to have social distancing guidelines if we're still there then. Um, you know, the, the nice thing about that is it's one outside. We're on the water, beautiful location, and we've got plenty of room to spread oh, out. Yeah, wide open out there. 
very wide open. It's not a, a small space. It's a very large space. So we're going to have plenty of room to kind of spread out. And from, you know, what we are seeing and what we are hearing, you know, that, you know, from the medical community, you know, clearly the social distancing is really working and face masks. So I would imagine face masks will be a requirement as we get closer. We will confirm that. Uh, but having face masks, we're not running. So there's not going to be any, you know, fluids uh, being passed on, no one's spitting or sweating. Um, it'll be a walk. Um, and so we have the social distancing because we have the room. We'll have face masks. If that is required, if it's not required at the time, then we'll, we'll make that decision. Uh, but it should be a great event. Um, you know, and we're really looking forward to that. That's going to be the third year for that event. It has changed. We were hoping to do that in the spring, but because of COVID, we pushed it to the fall because we still wanted to have an in-person event. And so we're hoping to have that one uh, go off without any issues September 19th in Norwalk and Calf Pasture Beach. Beautiful location. Overlooks Long Island Sound. It's just a really, really great location. The other thing I want to talk about, Vin, though, today, publicly, we just launched. Yeah, it's fun stuff. Our first ever own produced virtual run, Dino's Double Mile for Detection. Not Dino in my sense, but Dino the Dinosaur which uh, don't be confused there, please. And so we're excited to launch this. It's a two-mile run or walk. Anyone can take part of it. Then it's happening the weekend of July 25th, 26th. Um, So we do have a set date. You can break up the mileage. If you want to do a mile a day, you can, or you can just do it all at once. Um, But we do have some fun things that we're doing with that, Vin, right? And we've got some different pricing for everyone. Yeah. And this one, this is pretty exciting because I know we've talked about it internally for a while. Uh, And to see this, you know, come to fruition and and be an event that, you know, we can have uh, and launch today uh, is pretty exciting. Um, And it's, again, the beauty of the virtual is that you can be anywhere and in the country to participate. You know, so, you know, with the the live ones, obviously, if you're not in the Norwalk area, you you can't necessarily do it, right? So this just opens that door to, again, having more people get involved that want to get involved. And there are different price points. Um, like you said, so on, you know, on some of the price points, you know, we have a, a basic, a purple and a gold uh, for the basic. It's free to participate or, or to get involved and you'll get a custom bib and be eligible for prizes. You know, if you do some extra fundraising, uh, which you know, we, we, you'll get an email on when you register. The next level was the purple level, um, and that would be $35. The cool thing about this is you're getting a custom medal which I got a sneak preview of it. It's pretty cool looking. I love, I love it. Um, so you get a custom medal. You're going to get the custom bib that you can wear and put all over social media, you know, some eye black and our basic event day pack that we usually give out, you know, day of race, live races. So we're really trying to simulate that live race feel. Um, and you'll get, you'll get those things. And then the gold level, which is the last level, it's, it's $60. You get that event day pack, the custom medal, and then we have, for a lot of those listeners that have seen our programs and been to some of our programs, we have uh, custom gooders. So custom gooder sunglasses for that gold level gold level are going to be included in that. So pretty exciting. And then fundraising incentives are always included in everything that we do and encouraging fundraising because 
that just allows us to do what we do and further advance the progression of you know, finding a cure and early detection for this disease. So we'll have some of those and those will be announced uh, in the future. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm really excited for this. And uh, I think, you know, judging by the early response, I, was, I think, yeah. I, I think we found a mascot one. Uh, so that's the number feedback one. on the mascot. has been great. It's been I do great have to say that. <laughs> and the metal's great. I think, you know, this is a, uh, you know, we, we've learned a lot from watching our partners and being involved in a lot of races physically. And then, you know, like I said before, like we've done the virtual thing, it's just never been our thing. And we have had a virtual option on our walk runs in the past, but this is totally different. You know, this, this is not associated with any physical event. This is a true event that lives on the web uh, that we're hoping, you know, that people, you know, really enjoy, have fun. We've got some great, incentives lined up for some people that we're excited to launch here in the next week. And uh, I think it's just going to be a lot of fun. So we're really looking forward to it. So can't wait for that one. We also will be launching another event in August and hopefully if all works out, we'll have another event in September. So we've got some really cool things planned here over the next couple of months here at project purple from the virtual end. So awesome stuff. Well, Vin, Thank you for once again being on the Project Purple podcast. Thank you for sharing what's going on with the Push Pull program and all the hard work there. It's been a great success this year. You know, even in this COVID pandemic, I know we've fundraised more than we had last year, um, you know, which is pretty amazing, you know, given the circumstances that we've had. And then, you know, we're excited to continue our walk program and launch our virtual event with the Dino's Double Mile for Detection. Yeah. And then real quick, briefly, I know today's July 1st and another you know, third party typish event that we have is that pint for PC. That's right. Uh, and that actually is coming back. It was put on hold, obviously, because of restrictions and social distancing, but it's in Connecticut. So anyone listening in Connecticut, um, Reverie Brewery in uh, Newtown is kicking their event back off today. And I believe they have a trivia night today. So if you're listening today, they're kicking it off with trivia night and they're donating a dollar for every um, beer of a selected beer that they have to our cause and our mission, which is pretty exciting. I'm trying to work with some other things with them, with our pint glasses that we have. Um, so if any other breweries you are listening or you know of any other breweries in the in the area that want to potentially participate in our pint for PC program that's up and going as long as restrictions again are, are following restrictions and regulations that are set in you know, the state. Awesome. Awesome. We love Pint for PC. That was a great program. I know we, we always it get started off really well. We had a really yeah. good one, uh, down in Bridgeport, uh, in yeah, the beginning of the year. Of yeah. We went live a couple times or, or not a couple times, but, uh, we went live there that day when we did the pizza drop in. And I know from just following social media and working on the social media side, and then also email traffic, a lot of people from around the country get really excited because, uh, I, I think beer is really, uh, something that a lot of people drink, not judging. Uh, I've been known to have a cold one every now and then, but, uh, 
we would love to make this national. So if there are people listening, we can take this concept and bring it to your local brewery. And I know people have asked about that. You know, we've had some really good success here locally in Connecticut. So if you're listening and you live in Connecticut, I, I know people can drive from New York and Massachusetts because there's, there's to-go cans. Um, you know, I know I, people have gone the opposite way. I know friends that go up to Massachusetts to grab cans from various breweries and bring them back home. So you can do the same thing here as well. If you're within driving distance, let's say, but if you're listening and you'd love to bring this concept to your local area, wherever you may be outside of the Connecticut area, uh, we'd be happy to work with you. And if you live in Connecticut, you know, stay tuned for hopefully more breweries helping out and supporting our mission, you know, with the pint for PC program. It's a great, great program. Great way to get involved and, and really a lot of fun. Thank you, Vin, for all you do. Thank you for being a guest on the podcast again. And as we say here at Project Purple, that's a wrap of another episode of the Project Purple podcast. If you like what you hear today, follow us where you listen to podcasts. And if you like us even more, share this podcast with someone who knows they will appreciate it. Thanks for listening. And until next time, that's a wrap of another episode of the Project Purple podcast. Yeah.